Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. What's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to episode 79 of Five Yard College. We've almost got to 80, Ash. That doesn't really mean anything. I just thought it sounded exciting. Welcome back, my man. How are you doing? How was your Christmas? It was good, thanks. Very good. Lots of time with family and friends is what Christmas is for. A few too many drinks, a bit too much food. But yeah, it was good. How was yours? Mm, yeah, so, so. I had to wait for a PCR test for my wife which oh, yeah. didn't come back till five past five Christmas Day. So we missed oh, the festivities at my wife's house. But hey, we got to spend the day together indoors and, and everyone's fit and healthy. They all came back negative. negative so oh, hey. good. that's a plus then, I suppose. Yeah, and I didn't have to drag the lad out after he received all of the toys from Santa. I mean, I don't know what any other kid has done this year with all the toys being at my house. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was good. It was good. So uh, good. We we are now firmly entrenched in bowl season. I don't know how many have been. I think there's probably what ten to go, including the playoffs or something like that. And yeah, there are thereabouts. I think once you include the uh, once you include the playoffs, I think there's about a dozen left, maybe. Yeah. Under. So we we are currently live on a 
Thursday evening, Ash and I had a good discussion yesterday as to what day of the week it actually was, <laughs> because we didn't know, and then Ash had a problem with his PC, hence we are recording on a Thursday night, not a Wednesday night, but yeah. as we like to say, we're like water, we're fluid, we can move, we're still here in the inbox. If you're listening on audio on New Year's Eve, have fun tonight, be careful, stay safe, and if you're listening on New Year's Day, Happy New Year, welcome to 2022, let's hope it was better than the last two. So. <laughs> We've got very little news this week, Ash. Yeah. A few draft declarees who are, well, it's, it's massive news if you're a wide receiver fan or, or running back fan, let's be, let's be honest. There's a little bit of offensive line news in there, but the big news is wide receiver based. And in the middle of that, there's a little game interval for stocks, <laughs> which I'm truly excited about, but also very nervous. <laughs> it could be anything. And I was a, a listener of the Lonely Hearts Club, and if it's anything to do with knowledge from that or history-based, I'm in a world of trouble. But we do have a couple of bits of news to get to before you crucify me live on air. So let, let's let's do the news. We've got a 2023 four-star and number two wide receiver recruit, Zachariah Branch, has announced his commitment to USC. Surprise, surprise, another one. And uh, the Trojans are really putting together a 2023 draft class of some stature, Ash. Branch selected USC over Ohio State, who are losing a couple of stud-wide receivers, which we will get to, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Arizona. Of that four, Oklahoma's no surprise, with Lincoln Riley moving to USC. Do yeah. we think he would have gone to Oklahoma had <laughs> Riley been there and is now USC because that's where Riley is? I believe so, yeah. I think it was, uh, that's what swayed his uh, decision and... And yeah, he's ended up at USC as well. And and like you say, the 2023 class they're building is is looking mightily impressive. They've got the the, the second best QB in the class, Malachi Nelson. Uh, they've got obviously the second best wide receiver in Branch. They've also got um, Makai Lemon, who's another five star recruit. Yeah, they are. They're building a, a very a very nice a very nice looking 2023 um, recruitment class so mm. far. You say that as if you're a little bit envious of what they've managed to achieve so far. With, with, yeah. I mean, you look back at USC, and yes, it's one of those powerhouse teams that we expect to be somewhere there or thereabouts. Hasn't been late. Lincoln Riley goes there, and all of a sudden they seem to be being touted as the next big thing. And watch out, college football. Any time will tell, obviously. But at the moment, they are building a, yeah. a substantial squad for the future. They are indeed, yeah. Riley's uh, got a lot of pull, pulling power there for them, and it's uh, it's a well-run program outside of Riley. So, yeah, big uh, big things probably coming for, for for USC in the next few years, definitely. Talking of pulling power, the uh, Louisiana State University, or LSU, to pretty much everyone in the whole world, has hired Kansas Chiefs linebacker coach Matt house as their new dc house has been with the chiefs for the last three seasons and has experience in the college game having been the dc for both Pitt and kentucky so we see it quite a bit where nfl coaches come from the nfl as a positional coach to to expand into a dc or an oc or perhaps one of the the lower ranked nfl teams you get uh, someone jump into a big college team to make the steppers to a, a larger dc or oc and and the college game, I think because it doesn't perhaps get as much telly time here, Ash, as the NFL does because of Sky Sports, Yeah, they don't, some people might not realise just how big the college game is and, and how much of a draw for coaches it can be. 
Yeah, definitely. Especially these big programs. Like obviously LSU haven't had the best best of time in the last couple of years, but they're still one of the the top college programs in in America. And and like you say, these 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 coaches that that, that cut their teeth at college initially move into a positional um, role in, in NFL and then come back as a as you say a DC or 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 an offensive coordinator or, or even a head coach at a, at a college, and mm-hmm. then and then will then hopefully take that step back into the NFL. It's uh, it's more common now than it than it than it ever used to be um and it's uh obviously apparent here with lsu and brian kelly building his new coaching staff absolutely right ash if i had a button for uh some form of game show jingle i'd push it <laughs> but i don't come yeah. on then what have we got well obviously it's going to be a complete surprise to you but i've been oh, just a, a few bits today on on, on recruits um and, and recruiting and the, the the 2022 and 2023 recruitment class and i thought uh, because obviously recruiting is is in the news the last couple of weeks. Obviously, we had signing day a couple of weeks ago, and obviously we spoke about Branch and USC. I thought for the 2022 recruiting class, Texas A&M are top currently, the top ranked team in terms of recruits that they've uh, that they've managed to pick up. They have five of the top eight recruits in the 2022 class. Wow. What I want you to tell me nope. is who are the other three programs that have recruits. So there's there's three more players and there's three separate programs in the top eight. What are those programs? One should be quite obvious considering what happened right at the end of signing day and and all of the, the breaking news, but I'll be interested if you can get the other two. Okay, good. I was concerned that uh, Travis Hunter wouldn't be one of those three, but you confirmed <laughs> it. So obviously Jacksonville State is one of them. Indeed, uh, Travis Hunter is the now the number one overall recruit. Oh, what about Texas with Quinn Ewers? Does that no. count? No, oh. count. He, he he is last year's recruitment class. Yeah, but he never really played. No, I thought he, he, no, no, no. Okay. He you can count. see where I was going with that. Though, of right? course. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Big programs who have got Texas. Georgia have got to be one of the two. Yes, Georgia are the one of the two. They've got number four, Malachi Starks, who is a quarterback slash linebacker he's probably going to be a linebacker safety hybrid at the next level but yes he is number four <laughs> a quarterback one more. slash linebacker yeah he, he he played both ways in um in in high school along with track and field and basketballs he's a free sport athlete he's which is of... massive we want to see our college yes. football players with multi-sport backgrounds Definitely. we've seen it with kyla murray patrick mahomes okay one, one more then is this give me some form of clue? Is this a big team we're talking a big a big program we're talking, or is it no, sort of left field? I, I, I would say it's more left field. Brilliant. Well, there's 127 <laughs> other teams to guess from here, so um, uh, I will give you a clue. Okay, oh, it might be a bit too obvious if I do. I'm going to anyway. The program is in the Big Ten. Well, that doesn't really help me. <laughs> oh, that narrows it down massively. Come on. Yeah, but. I can... God, this is where I embarrass myself when I reel off a team that isn't in the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's think back to Jack's writing of the Big Ten. Doesn't really help me much. How about Penn State? You got the nail on the heads. Yes, Drew yes. Aller, quarterback, five star, number three overall in the class, is uh, is committed and signed to Penn State. That's that's quite a big deal for Penn State because they're Definitely, not normally yeah. associated with 
big time quarterbacks of, of late. No, no, exactly. And he he chose them over Ohio State as well, obviously. And when you look at the two in comparison, yes, Ohio State's bigger program, but obviously with all the quarterbacks that are already in there, in, entrenched in there, the, yeah. the choice between those two isn't surprising. But yeah, Penn State have managed to get themselves the the third overall recruit in the twenty twenty two class, and he looks he looks good from what I've seen. He's one of the he's more of a classic big big well built good thrower. Uh, at the moment, anyway, um, got a good arm on him, so it'll be interesting to see how he does at Penn State. Because as you say, they've not had the best track record in, in recent years. Clifford's done an all right job, but he's been nothing exceptional. So, should be yeah. exciting times for them once you, once um, Allah gets into town. How many of the top eight were quarterbacks, Ash? Of, of uh, those eight, just him. Just him. So the ones that have signed to A&M, obviously Walter Nolan, defensive lineman, the number two overall. Wide receiver Evan Stewart, who is a top wide receiver. Harlan pa- uh, Perkins, linebacker. Uh, Shamar Stewart, another defensive lineman. And Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy, also defensive lineman. So three defensive linemen in the top eight, and they're all Texas A&M. That is a nasty class for them. <laughs> oh, yes, they are. They they are top of the 2022 and they're currently top of 2023 as well. They have got some exceptional pulling power in their uh, in their in their ranks. They've got six. Uh, yeah, they've got six five star recruits and then a handful more of four stars as well. I think another five or six four star recruits. So it's incredibly impressive. Really is. Big, big fan of what you did there, including the people with six six fingers when you <laughs> talked about a handful. That's, uh, we like to be inclusive here on Firehole College. Of course. Right. Let's talk about some draft declarees. There are three wide receivers and a running back, which are massive news for not not only the playbook, but also our player reviews coming up, Ash, on the website and stuff. There. We've yeah. got, first of all, we'll, we'll start in Ohio State, your Buckeyes. Garrett Wilson and Chris Alave have both declared for the 2022 draft and neither will participate in the Rose Bowl. Projected early round picks, offensive lineman Nicholas petit Ferrer. Freire? Yeah, Ferrer. I don't know oh, how to pronounce it. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's Canadian. Canadian. Okay, Nicolas Petit and <laughs> defensive tackle Haskell Garrett have also opted out of the bowl game and have declared for the draft. So yeah. two huge weapons on offense plus offensive line and defensive tackle. Yeah. Before we move on, Ash, does that sway the need a little, little bit more in Michigan's favor perhaps for the Rose Bowl? Um, Cincinnati, sorry. Uh, no, because uh, Cincinnati aren't playing Ohio State. Ohio State aren't in the playoffs, are they? No, this is how off. This is how <laughs> away of the fairies I am today. Ohio State are playing. Ohio State are playing Utah. There we go. Yeah, with the Utah. Uh, no, I, no. You, you still think they get it done? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we got Smith and Jigba. We've got the freshman Egg Booker. Uh, Fleming still there. Marvin Harrison is he? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Marvin Thomas is still there. We've got a lot of weapons still. Uh, I think uh, Haskell Garrett is going to be a big loss on the defensive tackle, but no, I still think they've got enough to, to get it done against Utah. My apologies there about Ohio State, Michigan. I was I was lost <laughs> earlier in the year. Right, Maybe moving on. Bad. One of our no, don't feel bad at all. It was a <laughs> terrible error to make. I should not have made it. One of our favourite players who we weren't sure was going to declare for the draft, but is Ash is BYU running back Tyler Algier. He's announced he's leaving BYU and he's going to declare. Big, yeah. big news for him. Huge news for the running back class because of, I think he could be a steal for some teams because we've seen we've seen him do everything this season 
whether it be running the ball, pass catching, bell cow. But we've also seen him be committed to the team and willing to chase down a ball, for instance, yeah. when there was a fumble or an interception. I can't remember what it was, Jared Hall. And then they both chased it back and Algier knocked the punch the ball out because he used to play linebacker. So he's got that fight as well. And I think this could be a really big move for, for an NFL team who, you know, he's not, I don't think he's going to be, he might even be sort of a, a, a third, fourth pit round pick, but I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be really good. I think so. Yeah. He had an impressive career at BYU. I think he just topped 2,900 yards um, and obviously 30 odd touchdowns. And he had a little bit on receiving, not a great deal. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a passing down running back, but he can do that if needed. And like you say, he's got that fighter in him from when he was a linebacker and he, he played linebacker, I think he played linebacker in his second year at um, BYU because he redshirted his freshman, his, his true freshman year um, due to, I can't remember if it was injury or just, I think they made a decision that he was going to redshirt. And then his second year, he came in and played linebacker. Um, and then obviously the last two years, 2020 and, and this season, he, he, he full-time at running back. So he has got that um he's got that defensive knowledge as well. And like you say, he's a, he's he tries hard on every play, whether he's the one running the ball, if he's blocking, or if he's trying to recover. Um, and that will do him a world of good on special teams in particular. That's that'll be a thing to for, for him to get into the league as well. Like you say, I think we're looking at, at the moment as a third, fourth bound running back, but this uh, the running back class is is quite open outside of the the first few guys, so it'll be very interesting to see how people view him when he gets to draft time. Absolutely, I mean we've seen it with running backs like Kareem Hunt and uh, Alvin Kamara and stuff like that. You don't have to be one of these elite guys in college to come out and absolutely storm the NFL. And if no. Kareem Hunt's life had taken a different path, perhaps when he first came out and was a rookie with the Chiefs, he was absolutely unbelievable. So. It, yeah. Late round running backs are a thing, and I think teams are trending that way in the NFL as well. If you look at the way they're drafting, because running backs' lifespan is really short, and draft capital given up running backs hasn't necessarily worked too well for the teams early on in the draft. So Algier, Algier sorry, could could really prove to be a value at the NFL level. And then finally, Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson. We absolutely love this guy. Ash is announced he will be skipping Penn State's bowl game and declaring for the 2022 draft. He and also projected number three safety in the class, Jaquan Brisker, has also announced he'll be skipping the outback bowl for Penn State and has declared for the draft. So two yeah. huge players out there for Penn State and a couple more to add to the draft box. Yeah, probably their top player on each side, to be honest, Dotson and um Dotson and, and Brisker. The best one well, uh yeah, I I I would say that they're their best offensive and their best defensive weapon, both missing. So big, big letdown for, for well, not a big letdown, but obviously it's going to uh, affect Penn State. But unsurprising, I think but a lot of people expected both of these guys to uh, declare early. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where they both land. And and I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm high, highly rated on both of those. I think I've got, I've got them both inside my top 40, I think at the moment. So little sneak preview for people there the uh, the top the top 100s are well underway yeah i need to i need to pull my finger out and, and put my data into that but it's don't worry it, it's coming 
it's coming. Right, Ash, we, we've got some bowl games to review quickly before we get into some previews. We started last week, well, and as I say started, last week's pod, we were very excited about the prospect of football every day, and lo and behold, COVID comes along and smacks us in the mouth once more with that. So yeah. we had a few games cancelled. The Hawaii Bowl, uh, Memphis versus Hawaii, that was cancelled due to uh, Hawaii unable to play because of COVID, season-long ending injuries and transfers. The Military Bowl, ECU against Boston College, that was cancelled because Boston College had 42 players who were either impacted by COVID injury, opt-outs, or had entered the portal. And then the UCLA-NC State game on the 28th was cancelled. UCLA uh, unable to play again due to COVID protocols within the programme. So of the games we were excited about, some of them were (laughs) cancelled and there wasn't football every day, which was, was sad. But we do have some games to get into, Ash, that were, well, a couple of them were absolute results we just didn't think were going to happen yeah definitely yeah i think the 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 first the first one is is probably the uh is one of the more surprising ones yeah i mean the the gasparilla bowl on the 23rd a couple of days before christmas a a while ago now uh, florida lost 29 17 to ucf Uh, what surprised me in this game was that emory jones had entered the transfer portal yet still played for florida so i guess he's trying to get as much out there on tape for somebody to please come and pick him up right yeah, I thought we meant. I think we mentioned that on last week's pod that it was looking like he was still going to play despite being in the transfer portal. Yeah. But that is a, a really surprising thing for me to see, especially for a quarterback. Uh, but as you say, he probably wanted to get as much tape as possible. And I can't remember off the top of my head because I didn't. I've only seen the highlights of this one, um, and it was a couple of weeks ago. Well, not a couple of weeks ago, but a week ago now. I just tried to quickly have a look if Anthony Robinson was back from injury and playing. Because I want to say he was still no, so Robinson, um, yeah, um, yeah, uh, Richardson. Sorry, Anthony Richardson <laughs> was still out injured, so that's that's why Emory Jones that still still ended up playing, and he got a yeah. full game for a change, and uh, it didn't make much difference. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't make much difference. The twenty nine seventeen was it's a big loss or a big win for yeah, UCF, and definitely, I think Florida's new coach. Oh, his name has completely gone. Did he? Did he coach this game, the bowl game? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure if he did. Um, uh, Billy Napier, isn't it? He's yeah, taken over I, from him. Did I think Billy Napier might have coached it? I don't know. I could be wrong here. I've just got a feeling that it wasn't the greatest start for their new coach. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he was uh, if he was there or not. Um, off to, off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's fine. It was a week ago, and I'm probably yeah, exactly. It's, up now, so. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's gone. It's all it's, it's all it's all gone. Um, no, he hasn't taken over yet. They had Greg Knox as the interim coach. Oh, okay. Maybe I heard misheard the information there or something. But yeah, very peculiar indeed. Also, on the 23rd of December, we had the Frisco Classic, and Miami. Uh, Ohio in brackets beat North Texas 27-14 um, I have not seen anything of this one Ash is, no, was same. this a shock or um, uh, I think yeah I would I think out of the two if I was to if I was to have picked one team before the start of the game I would have done I would have gone for North Texas um, but I, I'll be honest I didn't see a great deal of this game I know Miami have had a, a better season this year Um than, than than previous, but I think it, it, it probably was still a, a shock, but I haven't unfortunately seen anything of that game. Yeah, 
Now we move to Christmas Day and the Camellia Bowl, where Ball State were absolutely routed by Georgia State. Georgia State came out winning 51-20 in this one. This yeah. I think Ball State were either three-point favourites or only three-point dogs, so a 31-point deficit here is is big-time loss. Yeah, they were three three point underdogs, but I think yeah, getting uh, yeah getting handled like that, like like they did. Drew Drew Plitt, the Ball State quarterback, didn't have the best of games. Had the ball in his hand a lot, um, but yeah, he didn't have the he didn't have the best of games. And on the flip side, Darren Granger, the Georgia State quarterback, had a, had a great game. I think he only threw nineteen passes and and went for three touchdowns on two hundred yards or something like that. So, Christ. and he ran for one hundred and twenty yards, I think, in a touchdown. So yeah, he had a he had a great day, probably a career day for him. Um, <laughs> I suspect, but. Yeah. yeah, surprising result. I'm not surprised that Georgia State won um, in the grand scheme of things, but I am surprised it was that comfortable. I think the, it was the second quarter, the second half, third quarter in particular, Georgia State just obliterated Ball State. I think they, <laughs> it was either 28 or 30 points in the third quarter that and it just put the game to bed. They shut Ball State out for that quarter and went into went into coastal, yeah, just coasted to the end of the game. Which is... Uh, when you get a bleed that big, it's exactly what you want to do. Yeah, we we, we got the quick lane bowl next. Uh, Western Michigan dismantled yep. Nevada 52 24. Now, obviously, Nevada were missing some pieces, but this was still a scoreline that I thought Western Michigan were favorites in this, I think, and probably rightly so. However, that is a big scoreline again, nearly 30 points to a team that had an okay season in Nevada. Yeah, they did. Yeah, um. I think the the result itself, with what uh, Nevada were missing, um, isn't surprising. I'm not surprised that Western Western Virginia won, but how handsomely they won, I am still surprised. The um, Nevada backup quarterback, I want to say, it's Cox. I can't remember his first name, but um, he's he's the tallest quarterback in the college football at the moment. Um, but he's not a very good. <laughs> he wasn't a very good one in the game. I think he only went for like 120 yards and a, and a touchdown, and he threw an interception. And they just couldn't get Nevada couldn't get much done on offense at all. And and Western Virginia just rolled them over um, in the running game in particular. I think they topped 350 yards running and four touchdowns. And uh, yeah, they 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 were comfortable. Um, in this one, really, I don't think Nevada really ever caused them any problems across the whole of the game. So I'm I'm, I'm not surprised by the overall result, uh, the, the the result, but I'm surprised by the score. Definitely, I'm surprised yeah. they managed to put 52 on them, despite who Nevada were missing. Absolutely, we now move to the 28th of December, the Birmingham Bowl, and and Houston managed to get a win against Auburn. They won 17-13. I don't actually know who was favourite at the kickoff in this one, Ash, but a, a close game, only 30 points scored. And well, I think Auburn lost three on a bounce, didn't they, at the end of the season? They did finish the year. Yeah, they did finish the year um, in a hole, unfortunately. Um, I think Auburn was still the favourites, despite Houston being the ranked team and 12-1 and one, and obviously Auburn having a 6-6 lo- uh, six and six season. I... I want to say that they still came into the game slight favourites. Now, uh, if I'm, I, I could be wrong in that, but yeah, they um, Houston, Houston hand, handled them rather with with ease, to be honest. Obviously, Auburn didn't have 
Bo Nix. He didn't play in the game. He's, he's, he's gone. He's entered the portal. But Tank Bigsby had a great game. Um, probably one of the few Auburn players that did. Didn't get himself on the scoreline, unfortunately, but nearly got 100 yards rushing. I think he finished on 95, 96, something like that, and another 70 on the in the air. So he's made a good account for himself, um, as he always does when he touches the ball. But yeah, Houston shut Auburn down a lot of the time on, on defence and, and their offence had enough to, to, to see it, to see them off in the game. I think Tune tune through a couple of touchdowns that, that sort of just put the game to bed really for uh, for, for Houston and, and they were able to hold on. Despite, I, I think I'm pretty sure from, from what I remember in this game, I'm going back again nearly a week now, <coughs> Auburn, <laughs> Auburn came back strong, started the second half and put, uh, I think they made it a one score game. Or it might have even they might have even been up. No, they were they were up. They were up 13-10 heading into the fourth quarter, and Houston managed to score a, a touchdown in the fourth quarter to win the game. So it was it was a tight game, but I think Houston made a good account of themselves in this one on on defense in particular. Yeah, we moved to the first responder bowl now. I had a little bit of interest in this with Malik Cunningham playing for Louisville. Uh, Louisville were playing Air Force. Air Force, I think, were one point dogs at kick. Yeah, I think. But with how they've played this season, I wasn't surprised that that could have been a pick Like You could have had that either way. And when I saw it at halftime, I think, I don't have this thing in front of me, but Air Force were well out in front at halftime and Louisville needed to come back and did so because obviously I went to bed because it was quite a late start, I think. It ended up being a 31-28 win for Air Force. So the upset coming for Air Force there, but Louisville managed to get back in the game and make it interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I haven't seen anything of this game, um, unfortunately. Uh, so you, you you know more about it than me on this one. Um, but yeah, obviously just on, on the face of it, as you say, I think again, Air Force, I think Air Force, you're right, went into this game as underdogs, despite how well they've been this season. <clears throat> but yeah, they managed to, uh, they managed, managed to pull off the victory. So it's good, 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 very good result for them and a very good end to the year because I think that, well, uh, yeah. Was it? Uh, no, they lost, didn't they? They lost to Army um, in overtime. So this is a good way for them to end the year, considering obviously that loss to Army was the first time in about five years that, they, that they've lost the uh, the Commander in Chief's trophy. It's called when those two face each other. So yeah, they've ended their their year their year well with this bowl game victory. Are you are you not confusing Air Force with Navy? No, Air Force and um, Air Force and Army play each other in the Commander in Chief's trophy, and Army beat them. Yeah, Army beat them. Okay. I I had Air Force on my lucky 15, which was nice. Um, I also had Minnesota, who beat West Virginia 18-6. So I thought, I actually thought West Virginia had sort of given up for the season and Minnesota would have have had this won by a bigger scoreline just because of uh, how they looked at the end of the season and stuff like that. But it, an 18-6 was a very low-scoring game. And Minnesota, I imagine, I've not seen any of the clips, but I imagine Minnesota just ground this one out. Minnesota, yeah, they grounded them with the run game. They they absolutely tore them apart with the run game. Um, <laughs> they they didn't need to put the ball in um, uh, Tanner Morgan's hands, really. I think he literally threw 13 passes for 100-odd yards. Um, the the running game was yeah they just dismantled them. Uh, West Virginia, as you say, they didn't really 
I wouldn't say they didn't look up for it. That's 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 an unfair thing to say. But Minnesota were definitely the team that were uh, were raring for this one. And as I say, yeah, I think both both running backs hit over a hundred yards, and they uh, yeah they they ground and pound them. Even um, Daniel Falele, the offensive tackle, six seven six eight, I think he is man mountain. Uh, sleeper offensive tackle for me for this year's draft. He uh, he managed himself. To, he managed to get himself a rushing touchdown as well. So nice. I think he's the heaviest or the tallest um, player to score a touchdown in in a long time from from memory. <laughs> so yeah, that was a that was Ash, a nice little addition to the game. Ash coming with all the the tall man stats today. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, a huge shock for me, Ash, was Texas Tech beating Mississippi State thirty-four-seven. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I think both teams came into this on on pretty even, uh, pretty even, in my opinion. I think they both had similar seasons, up and down seasons. But yeah, I, I'm surprised just how handsomely Texas Tech won this one. Um, Considering Mississippi State were eleven and a half point favourites, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they uh, again. It was another. It's another example of of running running the ball through them. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, but Brooks charge charge Brooks, the running back for Texas Tech. I think he went for about hundred yards and, and and scored a touchdown. I think Thompson had another eighty yards. They again, it was another ground and pound situation um, in this game. But yeah, they just. Mississippi State never really looked up for it. Um, to be honest with you, I think there's, I've I've only seen the highlights of this one, but yeah, Texas Tech were were comfortable for the whole game on both sides of the ball. Yeah, uh, Mississippi were the state that let me down, uh, <laughs> the team that let me down in my fifteen. Uh, we moved to December the 29th, so yesterday. Yesterday for us. Yesterday, yeah. yeah. Um, first of all, started the Cheese It Bowl. Clemson managed to get the win against Iowa State. I think Clemson were either one or two point favourites to kick off. Yeah. They, uh, they a big win for Clemson considering, you know, their season. All right, it wasn't a complete write off, but Iowa State still a good football team, and and Clemson managed to get the win in this one. Yeah, they they ended the year with six six wins on the bounce, which gave them another ten victories on the year. They went ten and three, and it's. Um... I think it's the 11th consecutive season that they went, they've gone, they've had a 10 win season. And I think they're only the third team to do that, or it's the third longest streak. Um, looking at my notes, Bama 14 in from 2008 to 2021 and Florida state from uh, four with 14 from 1987 to the year 2000. So they are the third, they've got the third longest streak at the moment. Uh, it was also Dabo Sweeney's 150th victory for Clemson, and he's the sixth fastest coach in college football to do that. Who's the fastest? <sighs> no. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I believe it is Nick Saban. I think Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, and... No, it's not. I think no. I think it might be Urban Meyer, actually. Dabo Sweeney, Urban Meyer, and someone else have all got 150 victories in under 15 seasons. This is Sweeney's 14th season. Uh, Bob Stoops, who is taking over from, who is currently at Oklahoma, is the uh, is the third is the third that have done it. So, wow, there we go. It wasn't uh, Nick Saban. I was incorrect. But the game itself, um, neither quarterback looked very good in. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Angele, DJ Angele has had an up and down season 
at best this year. It didn't look great. He got a few decent passes in, but again, he threw an interception. He only went for 158 yards. He just hasn't doesn't really have the answers for Clemson. And I think he's got a very interesting situation on his hands in the offseason because Clemson have got Cade Klubnik coming in, who's a five-star recruit in the 2022 class. And if he gets, if he enrolls to Clemson in January, which is the early enrollment, and is at spring training, I really do think he's going to push Uanglele for that starter spot the, next year. And Uanglele's not done anything really to uh, to to make a state a claim for that for that quarterback slot. Will Shipley, the freshman running back, had a great game for 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 a freshman, sixty-one yards on the ground, touchdown. I think he went for another fifty. He went for 53 in the air as well. So he had himself a nice game. And then on the other side, Iowa State, um, Brock Purdy, he's the best quarterback that Iowa State have ever had. I think he's the most winningest quarterback and the most passing yards. But, uh, I mean, at times he makes some silly errors. Yeah. I think so. The Clemson won the game with um, their safety. He was MVP. Mario Goodrich knocked the ball out of um Purdy's hands to score a touchdown, uh, a, a um, defensive touchdown. But also before that, Brock Purdy threw the ball. It hit, I think um, Clemson battered it down, or it might have even come off of an Iowa State player. Purdy's then gone, and rather than swatting it to the ground for a grounding call, has sorted it back in the air, and it's dropped in the hands of a Clemson defender, and they scored another touchdown from that. And Clemson came into this game as, I think, the second highest scoring defense in the country. So when you make silly errors like that, you're not going to win a game like this. And it was a close-fought game, and I'll be honest, I think at halftime it could have gone either way. It was 6-3 at halftime. It was looking a bit, mm, I'm not really too sure which way this is going to go. And then, obviously, Will Shipley scores the, the rushing touchdown, and then the, uh, the, the crazy interception comes to, uh, to, um, to the Clemson um, cornerback, and, and that's it. It's, it's game done for for Iowa State. I think they, they scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but they couldn't they couldn't get the ball back. They failed a onside kick, I think. And uh yeah it was uh it was done. But Clemson were deserved uh winners in this one and uh we could see two new quarterbacks for both of these programmes next year. Yeah I seen I think Will Shipley's gonna be a hot commodity next year for Clemson. After he came Definitely. back from his from his injury he's looked he's looked every bit of the prospect coming out of high school that we thought he possibly was. Yeah. And he's He's looked very, very good. So interesting to see how spring training treats him and what Clemson can do with using him because we know they can use a running back with Travis Etienne. So yeah, definitely. and then some. I'm on a, a Facebook group, uh, American College Football Scouting Group, just because I think some of the people on there are fairly interesting. And this guy went just went in on Brock Purdy this afternoon in a post and I, I started reading it but he got a bit technical so I had to step away but I think I might go back and find it now and just see what he was saying because it doesn't sound like Purdy had the best of games. We we next up Ash have the Alamo Bowl, Alamo Bowl and that never disappoints score-wise. This one didn't. Oklahoma ended up winning 47-32 against Oregon. This was, I, I, this is the only game from the ones we've mentioned so far that I've not seen any highlights from at all. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Missed a great game. Well, they're still there. The highlights are still available. I can go and get them. 
Well, of course you can, yeah, but it's not it's not now when we're talking about it. No, it was it was a great game, and to be honest, uh, uh, by half time, I thought Oklahoma were were just going to walk this game. Oregon, I'll be honest, Oregon were a shambles in the first half. Oklahoma ran the ball through them, passed the ball over them. They just had no answers. I think Kennedy Brooks was exceptional all game. Caleb Williams, he looks just obviously. This season, when he stepped in, he's looked good. But this game, he looked phenomenal throughout. I think he had, um, yeah, twenty. He went twenty-one for twenty-seven on his pass attempts and three touchdowns. He looked just whenever he put the ball into, uh, he had a little, he had time in the pocket. He just found his receivers. I think there was one, one in particular. It was a deep ball to Marvin Mims. The, the two defenders that were around Mims, obviously he he got away from them. They were about two or three steps behind and it just dropped straight into the breadbasket to Mims. And yeah, just that throw was exceptional. And Brooks just steamrolled Oregon's defense this whole game. Anthony Brown was poor in the first half, but I will give Oregon credit in the second half. They, they, they fought back massively and they made it interesting at one point. And I did think that, well, they scored 22 or something in the third quarter. The, the third quarter in particular was mental. I think they scored, they scored three touchdowns and, a, and an extra and a, and a two pointer and, or, and Oklahoma got themselves a couple of touchdowns as well in that, in that quarter. But yeah, it did look like that Oregon were going to, were going to come back and, and potentially, well, make, they made it interesting, but they were, they were pushing at the door. And then I think just, Oklahoma slammed it shut in the in the fourth <laughs> quarter, but yeah, it, it was it was a really good game. Travis Dye on the um, on the Oregon the Oregon running back, he had a great game, 150 yards and a touchdown. He looked devastating every time he touched the ball. Um, there, I can't remember their, who their freshman wide receiver is. I think yeah, Troy Franklin, Oregon's freshman wide receiver. He made some great plays. He had a toe tap drag in the uh, in the end zone to score his touchdown. They they really made a game of it. And Anthony Brown was like a whole different quarterback in the second quarter, second half because the first half he he was terrible. He threw an interception. He he tried to run with it when when he just really didn't have the space. And yeah, he he didn't look good. And then as I say, second half they they really turned it on a gear and and were and were and were close to. To, to obviously getting the getting the victory back from Oklahoma, but Bob Stoops, who's obviously coming as interim coach until Venables is uh, is 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 taken over, um, yeah, got uh, got this got this victory for them. And as I say, anyone who hasn't watched it, I would definitely go back and and recommend watching watching the highlights of this because it was a great game. Oklahoma dominate in the first half, and then um, Oregon coming back and and almost fighting back in the second half. Really, really good game of football. Oh, there was there was one bit in particular. Sorry, just before you carry on, I think it was when um, so Oklahoma were nine three up in the second quarter. Mario Williams has got has been has had the ball passed to him from Caleb Williams, and the I can't remember who it was. It was one of the secondaries for Oregon has has basically is pulled off Williams's helmet, but Williams has managed to stay up with, with his helmet off and score a touchdown. But unfortunately, obviously, it was a it was a personal foul for the uh, for the face mask. But uh, a, a, an offensive player cannot continue running with the ball when they haven't got a helmet on. So, despite the fact he had no one around him and he's ran into the end zone uncontested, it had to get called back. And then yeah. Oklahoma then only were able to get a um, a field goal from it. So the rules came into effect for for Oklahoma in the negative way there. But it was uh, it was really interesting to watch. He's basically. 
the 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 cornerbacks tried to pull him down with his face mask. He's Williams has stayed almost upright and like yanked his head back and the uh, and the the helmet's come off and he's he's scored, but it's obviously not counted. So that was a particularly fun fun bit to watch on the game. How interesting. You mentioned Caleb Williams looking good in the pocket. That has been my only concern for him this season is when he's given too much time in the pocket, he tends to hold on to the ball for too long. So whilst he is good in the pocket, they almost need to have plays where there is a designated time where somebody will be open on a shorter route, maybe a comeback or a quick in or something to give him that option of being open. Because if you hold it for too long, obviously you get hit, you get smacked. It's even more prevalent in the NFL. But if they can get that out of him, I think he could be legitimately special. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. For, for a freshman quarterback that's come in partway for a season as, and become the starter, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's looking great. And I think Venables coming in as the, as the Oklahoma head coach has, has got a, a decent a decent quarterback. If he stays, though, that you mentioned Williams there, it's still up in the air whether he's going to stay at Oklahoma as well. Obviously, we know that Rattler's gone, but he hasn't sort of been concrete about whether he, he is planning on staying there. Um, even after the game, he said the last few weeks have been a bit of a roller coaster of everything that's happened, but he then did mention about Venables coming in and he's the right man to take the job. So I think the 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 quarterback job is his uh, for next year, so I would be surprised if he does go. But obviously, he's not—he's not doing anyone any favors without that he hasn't announced that he will be staying or not yet. So that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on over the next few weeks. Yeah, see, if it was me, I wouldn't say that I was staying. I'd just presu- I'd play the presumptuous card of I'm only leaving if I'm staying. So you know, this is <laughs> this is my job, and I'm here to to. To stay, Ash, you're, are you about to change something about the Duke's Mayo Bowl? Is that it's just finished? That... Yeah, it's just finished. Okay, marvelous. We've got one game left from the 29th, the Pinstripe Bowl from Yankees Stadium. We'll gloss over it very, very quickly. Maryland beat Virginia Tech 54 <laughs> 10. Not a great day for the Hokies. <laughs> no, I, I would hope, yeah, I mean. I was hoping that you uh, you'd seen this one because I haven't been able to see anything of it, barring the scoreline, and it was a it was a bit of a dismantlement. And uh, Tagovailoa, lower the younger brother of the the tour variety, Talia, um, Talia, Talia, yeah, Talia Tagovailoa lower had a had a pretty pretty decent game, didn't he? So he, he did. Yeah, he's one of these quarterbacks where. He's got the ability to be good, but he's also yeah. got the ability to, to dismantle himself on the football pitch. I would pitch, so. wholeheartedly agree. That is exactly the type of year he had last year for Maryland. And yeah. similarly this year, I think he's been better this year than he was he in his first year. But he's still, yeah, very uh, very up and down, it has to be said. And there's another there's another one coming into college in the next, I think it's either 2022 or 2023 class. There's another Tagovailoa brother coming in. Um, don't know if he's a quarterback though. Actually, on uh, thinking about it, I, I've seen him earlier when I was looking at the uh, the recruitment classes. So we're going to continue to have... down there, don't they? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, we yeah Virginia Tech. Obviously, Braxton Burmeister entered the the portal. Uh, I think the day or two before the game, and then the third string quarterback, who basically played no football whatsoever, was tasked with coming in and playing Maryland and. I don't. Think, <clears throat> I, it was not a good day for Virginia Tech. So, no. Well, well, we move on to next season. New coach, new stuff. Let's see how we go. 
obviously there was supposed to be another game at a baseball field with the Fenway Bowl in Boston. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall, Bronco Mendenhall did not get to have his fairway game at Virginia as the game was cancelled because of awaiting results of COVID nineteen. So yeah. uh, a bit of a shame there for Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia. Yeah, it was. Yeah, as you say, they didn't get to finish the game, and SMU not being able to finish with a bowl game after the year they had was a bit of a shame as well. And then a game has literally just finished on on December thirtieth, as you said, Wait, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Let me guess. Yeah, I think South Carolina beat UNC twenty-seven twenty-one. No, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina beat UNC thirty-eight twenty-one. Oh, I got, I got, you got seventy-five yeah. percent of that you right. You did, you did indeed. Yes, I think um, I haven't. I've seen. I was watching a bit of this game before before we started recording, and uh, South Carolina. Um, tight end Jaheim Bell had two touchdowns off of two passes. He ended the game with five receptions for 159 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, yeah, wow. he had a, he had a good game. Ke- Kevin Harris, the running back for South Carolina, 182 yards and a touchdown. Sam Howell, to be fair, didn't throw an interception, but he only had 200 yards and, and one touchdown. So you'll be definitely watching that once we finish this. I'll, I'll watch the uh, I'll watch the highlights. I, I didn't think Sam Howell was going to play in that, so so fair play. I'm surprised he played, yeah. Sam Howell played, uh, Josh Downs played, Ty Chandler. Most of the lads, um, most of the guys at UNC have, have stuck it out for the for the bowl game, which is good to see. Shame Spencer Rattler couldn't suit up. That would have been good. Yeah, that would have been interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay, Ash, before we get out of here, tomorrow is playoffs day. Two games. Have your thoughts on the winners of each game changed? It's not tomorrow. It's New Year's Day, isn't it? Oh, when people are listening to this, it'll be tomorrow. Well, unless, but... you, unless you are a really <laughs> early bird, yes. All that, yes. Um, no. I... No. I don't know. <laughs> what did I... I don't even remember what I said last time. Cincinnati is still going to win. I'm, okay. I'm sticking with Cincinnati over Bama. And I'm... I think I'm going to stick with Georgia over Michigan. I think now more so than before because Michigan will be missing. Uh, what's his name? The defensive, um, the safety, Dax Hill. Um, their safety for Michigan is is um, questionable to be playing in the game. It's looking unlikely that he's going. To, he's not even in Miami at the moment. Obviously, he's potentially going to be in the NFL. In the, he's going to be in the draft this year anyway but he's he's hurt at the moment so he's been one of their key pieces on the defensive side of things so that's going to really hurt uh, Michigan against Georgia so I'm going to stick with Georgia in that one and I'm going to go and stick with Cincinnati um in the in the Bama Bama Cincinnati game okay interesting if I went with Georgia in the first game I can't remember I know I definitely went with Cincinnati but yeah pretty sure I went with Georgia I think you you did I think you did. I also want to go Cincinnati, but man, I just <laughs> backing against Bama in a bowl game is frighteningly yeah. dangerous. Difficult and then I'm going to back Wolverines. I'm going to back the Wolverines. I just think, I just think the Michigan defensive ends are going to cause Georgia and Stetson Bennett because obviously JT Daniels' yeah. health is is well up in the air now. They're not even sure he's going to suit up. So. I just think they're going to cause Stetson Bennett all sorts of trouble, and and will Stetson Bennett be able to cope with with those two guys coming at him? So, 
I really like the Michigan six and a half at the moment. If it, if it goes to seven, then you're smashing that all day long because it's going to be a close one. These two teams, we've seen it. And I I just I really want it to be a Cincinnati Michigan final just because that would be unbelievable for college football. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I would, yeah. That would be good. Although no, I don't want to see Michigan in a in a natty, even if it is against Cincinnati. I'd rather uh, Georgia get that. Come yeah. on. No. Leave your leave your prejudice at the door. Never. Never. Fuck <laughs> guys for life. Um Ash, have we missed anything? Have we got anything left that I've not covered? No, we have gone through everything this week. I think uh we get to the exciting, exciting games next week. We've obviously the um with the with the playoffs and the remainder of the uh of the bowl games with the, the big times. Obviously we've got the New Year's six that will be in there as well. Yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good week of football, that's for sure. And then the final is on the tenth of January. Correct, yes. Is that Early tenth or late tenth? So are we talking Monday night or Tuesday? Um, we said when we reviewed the bowl games, didn't we? And we I, did. I want to say it's. I don't know. Uh, I think it's late Tuesday night. Uh, it's yes, it's one a.m. Tuesday for us, but it's, it's so late it, Monday night. No, no, one a.m. Tuesday, the eleventh. Yeah. Mon- so, oh, sorry, Monday night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So early Tuesday, really early Tuesday morning for us. <laughs> <laughs> but if if you were still sleeping, that is categorized yeah. as Monday evening. Yeah. Which, so what's that? Eight. I think that's eight. Eight Eastern for them. Must be for them. Where is it? Uh, Indianapolis. I don't know what the time. I'm thing pretty is sure. Then. I'm pretty sure they're Eastern time. Is it? I this is know. showing my naivety here. Is it always played in Indy? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm not 100 percent sure if it is. You know, um, is it like the Super Bowl where it moves around and yeah, every not, year is in a different venue? Yeah, Talking of Super Bowl venues, my sister's in Utah at the moment, so shout out to my sister. But she nice. flew into Vegas and drove past the Allegiant Stadium in in Vegas, and that thing looks unbelievable from the road. It is the so. same as the Super Bowl. So they're in there. Yeah, they're in Indy. They're in Indy this year. Then they're in whose stadium is that? SoFi in California. That's the Rams. In, uh, is that the Rams and Chargers yeah, new yeah. stadium? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then they're in Texas in 2024. Whereabouts? So, uh, and it's NLG Stadium, Houston Stadium. Oh, wonder yeah. that they're all inside stadiums. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Although so far, it technically isn't inside, but it's California, so no, they they were they were in um, they were in Miami last year. But again, that's... see, I knew they were in Miami last year as well, so I should have just said no. But you know, when when you came at me like that so quickly, <laughs> you made me panic. <laughs> and that is what Aiden Hutchinson is going to do to Stetson Bennett. Therefore, yeah. my theory is correct. Michigan are going to make the final. Ash, I apologise. And we've done it. We've we've got all the way up to the New Year games now. This is. Very exciting for, for next week's pod, Ash. Yeah, definitely. And it will be... So we'll have New Year's games for next week's and then Tuesday morning, so the following Wednesday-ish for review of the Natty. Yeah, we it's get to exciting. focus just on the national final game and maybe if we're lucky or if you guys are lucky, the top, the first top 100 from us, depending on how excited we get about the national championship game. If yeah, well, I mean, you're yeah. in it, then we'll be talking about it for an hour. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, if Cincinnati are in it, we may have to get some form of Cincinnati merchandise or something because yeah, help out the smaller schools and all that business. Listen, Ash, <laughs> it's almost New Year, mate. Have you got any plans for New Year's Eve? No, not really. You... No. What? Really? Yeah, just going over and make a few, few drinks, a few bits of food. It's about five or six of us going over. So, you know, it's a bit of a chill one this year. Getting old, aren't I? What about I mean... you? I'm getting older than you are, so we'll leave that conversation at the door. <laughs> did do I'm not sure whether we talked about this on last week's pod or not about Christmas and you were playing board games. We're we're going off on a tangent, Rush Nation. Yeah. So if you want to leave the podcast right now, happy days. Actually, I'm going to ask you about your board game. Did you play board games Christmas Eve, Christmas evening? No, we play we play no we play card games on Boxing Day. Well, I mean, I either completely Close. didn't listen to you or you changed your plans significantly. I, I might have done. I'm, I may well have changed my plans. I'm, I'm very fast and loose with what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we ended up playing drinking card games on Boxing Day, which was, uh, which was fun until 11 o'clock. And then it wasn't fun. And then I, <laughs> and then I came home. <laughs> Ash got fast and loose. Um, uh, yeah, okay. I was excited to hear about your Christmas Day boxing um, board games, games but no. that, that never happened. So, well. My bad. I've got no. I'm going to my mother's for a takeaway for New Year's Eve because when you've got a three-year-old, New Year's Eve doesn't really happen anymore. And the worst bit about it is they're not doing the fireworks in London this year, so you can't even stay up to see that. Yeah, so yeah that's rubbish. I'll be celebrating midnight by sleeping, I would imagine. But hey, <laughs> it's one of those things, right? Although there might be college football, on, so maybe I won't be. Um, there will be college football on the New Year's Day. But I'm talking about midnight New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah, the um, yeah the Cincinnati Bama game is half eight starts at half eight tomorrow. So so no, earlier just... when I said there's football tomorrow, you said no, there isn't. Well, it's on yeah, New Year's Day. I lied. You did. <laughs> you I don't know if that's I don't know if that's eight thirty our time or their time though. Bear in mind, so it could be one two a.m. our time. I'm off the top of my head. I'm not sure. I just I've got it in front of me. It's eight thirty. Okay, so we'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, we are doing our utmost to drag this podcast to an hour. Rush Nation, that is oh, going to yeah, do it for today's episode. Ash, it's been a pleasure once again, my friend. I will see you on the flip side in 2022. Rush Nation, the same with you. And for the last time in 2021, Saturdays are for rushing too. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.